10 of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news. Mark Twain. And Mark Twain sometimes. Yeah. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. And with us is Mark Twain. Oh, not really. Hey, everybody. Not really. Mark but, Twain here. But we are. Is that your Mark Twain? It's a pretty good one, I had to say. I, I had to say, oh, this is a good Mark Twain. No, I this don't think so. This is a pretty so. good one. That's very, like, bayou-heavy. I don't really understand. Where do you think I live? Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> okay. I tell you one thing about Mississippi. Can I, I can't spell it, but I sure do love it. Can I just give you one note? <laughs> I don't think it works for Mark Twain, but I love the voice. I love the voice, and I love the character. So I want to find an avenue for that, but this is All not right. the right one. <laughs> Listen, folks, today we're going to be talking about Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Where, did you not? No. Oh, okay. I dropped out of high school. Did you really not know that? No. Wow. I'm sorry you guys had to hear that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Randall is coming to the library on September 6th to There's do an in-character uh, presentation as Mark Twain. So oh. we've had Mike in the past. He did a uh, Charles Dickens a Christmas Carol a few years back. Right. Always popular. He's got a lot of excitement about this event. So we thought, let's sit down and talk about Mark Twain. Yeah. Do you think that's how we can compare? We'll go to his thing, listen to how he talks, how, yeah, and see which one is right. Yeah. And then next year could be Eric Nichols. Could as Mark be me Twain. on stage. Yeah. You don't even know his real name, Samuel Clemens. So I think no. you're gonna—it's <laughs> gonna be a steep learning <laughs> curve for yep. you. But uh, I'm I'm okay with it if it, if it works out. That's coming up a little bit later. So right now, why don't we dive into our bookmark? Bookmark. Uh, you know, I was going to suggest you go first, but things always go haywire when that happens. So No, I'll go first. Will you? So I read uh, The Punisher. Oh, yeah. I read about six hardcover yes. volumes of The Punisher, about 12 to 18 issues in each of those volumes. Yes. So I read six of those. There was a Comixology sale. The Marvel Unlimited app, in which I read most of my Marvel comics on, does not have Marvel's max line. Because to do so, they wouldn't be able to get the all-ages rating oh, yes. on the app stores. So they don't put that there. But there was a Comixology sale on Punisher. So I got the six volumes and I read them all. Why did you want to read this deep, dark Punisher run? I like the Punisher. Okay. But here's the problem. I bought six of them because they were on my wish list on Comixology. However, there is a volume seven of 22 issues by Jason Aaron where Punisher deals with this version of Kingpin and Bullseye. And I did not know that. And now the sale is gone. So now I got to wait for a while to... For that to go on sale. 22 issues. I just didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's because it was Punisher Max, Frank Castle, the Punisher, under the Max imprint, and then it went back to being Punisher Max, one word. That's too much. Yeah. I know I talked about Green Lantern for 45 minutes a few episodes back, mm-hmm. but so that was too much. Like The first three, four volumes of this are okay. Garth Ennis. He wrote a whole bunch of different Punisher yeah, stories in the past. Uh, so this is like Marvel's Max line, so they can be... Uh, the violence is a little bit gorier. Language Ugh. can be cruder and all this stuff. But Gorier for the Punisher. Yeah. Wowzer. Uh, I had actually read like the first three storylines when I was a teenager. Okay. And But I reread them again. I, I hadn't really remembered how two of them went, but there was one that I was specifically like had a memory of where he has to go to Russia and everything. Uh, good stuff. I got to say, it's it, it was like my comfort food for a while. It got in the way of me reading a whole bunch of X-Men stuff. But I did read... Cable and the New Mutants by Louise Simonson okay. and technically Rob Re- Liefeld as well. This is like Cable's first appearance in any oh. X-Men books. In the New Mutants, he shows up. Uh, uh, did Shatterstar show up at the end of this? He might have showed up You're next asking the wrong after guy. this. Uh, this takes place right before uh, Extinction Agenda. So this is just okay. Cable showing up. But 
Uh, it's just funny because he do- he doesn't have like any powers. He's just a big man with a metal arm and a big gun. The Marvel Comics hero Cable, Cable. Yeah, as recently seen in Deadpool two. Yeah, just for some context. Sure. Uh, anyway, I liked it. There's a lot of like early '90s, late '80s X Men stuff that I've been reading that I hadn't read before that I'm really digging. Nice. Uh, and then I read some Mark Twain, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So yeah, we will. I oh, I saw the movie Ready or Not. Oh, how was that? That's like a I, horror, horror my, movie? Yeah, it's a horror movie. She she marries into this family. She has to play hide and seek, and they're trying to kill her. Um, it's in this like big, cool-looking mansion. with Like this the kind David of, A. Howe Public Library? Does it look yeah, like the, a okay, little. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, it has like this kind of steampunk, steampunk aesthetic at times, but like they never do anything cool with the house. There's never any like, what's this room? Or like going through a bunch of weird hallways or anything. Okay. It's just like there's a few dumb waiters and a kitchen. <laughs> Uh, there is a dumb waiter in the. Anyways, but then like, <laughs> like halfway through, it just stops being about the house and it just becomes like a horror movie that's not there really. Okay. It's not as funny as it wants to be. It's not. I don't know. I didn't like it, and the violence and gore that happens in this movie, I did not enjoy. We're in a fan. No. Okay. Here's the difference. Yeah. Uh, because people are probably like he just talked about six volumes of the Punisher. It's true. In the Punisher, in a comic book, I know somebody just took out their red marker and scribbled yeah. it a little bit yeah in the movies they're making it look as realistic as they can yeah so my eyes are closed during that yeah. yeah i i can i can read something where somebody's like oh no i spilled the purple with the red oh well yeah it's guts yeah so i assume that's what guts look like purple and red purple and red marker okay but it has to be like crayola and the big marker with like the tip do you know I what i'm talking about i don't like this at all <laughs> okay that's what i know uh so i didn't like ready or not okay that's it is that it for your bookmark yeah okay oh i am playing world of warcraft classic Important to get that. <laughs> Important in there. to get that in there. Thank you. World of Warcraft came out in two thousand four. Oh Whole bunch of expansions oh. came out, basically like changed the game at its core. So now they've re-released Warcraft Classic, so it's just like it was in two thousand four to two thousand six. I, I tell you what, I it doesn't help that I'm also rewatching Scrubs at the time. Yeah, I do not know what year it's it is. It's a time warp. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a time so, warp. Yeah. For our listeners, I was only feigning interest, so yeah. I apologize for that Warcraft uh, rant that that went out there. I kind of like the Warcraft movie. I know you do. Yeah. Have you read any of the books? No. We got quite a few of the books in the collection. I haven't here. read the books, but I did play the first game like all the way through. Doesn't uh, Timothy Zahn write some Warcraft books? Probably. Or? He writes some Starcraft. I know books. he does Starcraft, but Starcraft I thought he did is Warcraft where my heart as really well. Lies. That's it. Yeah. That's the place. Yeah, Starcraft. Okay. But what do you have to watch when you uh, play through StarCraft again? There's nothing. Nothing? They didn't make a StarCraft movie. I no, sh- I mean, you were watching Scrubs, oh. and that brought you back to the Warcraft uh, era. The Drew Carey show. The Drew Carey show. Yeah, wow. to, put you in, to put you in a real Moon time over Parma, bring yeah. my love. Right. Yep. So Haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Oswald and Kate would have been getting like engaged I at this point. So you're watching a lot of Kristen Miller shows then. At, that, at this time, <laughs> yeah, so okay, cool. you know what? She's hilarious. Yeah, I don't, she is. W- she's in Cougar Town as well. I haven't watched Cougar she's Town. Great in Cougar I might Town. have to, but like, yeah. where where has she been since? I don't know. Because she's like, she's she resents your question. But no, I'm just saying, she she's funny in the Drew Carey show, yeah. and I forgot how funny and likable she is in Scrubs. Yeah. So like, it just seems like she's a wasted asset. Yeah. That, that Hollywood has. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'll I'll look at her IMDb yeah. page later. All right, I read some stuff. What's Drew Carey about right now? Price is Right. Is that he it? knows the Price is Right, yeah. Boo. Pretty much. Uh, I read The Goodbye Quilt by Susan Wiggs. <laughs> uh, more on this author later, but right now it's under wraps. So that's a little, <laughs> under, a little hint. Under wraps of This is actually quilt. pretty good. It's about, uh, it's about a mom and daughter driving kind of across country to take the oh. daughter to college. Aww. And the mom is finishing up like a memory quilt. And it sort of Hold becomes on. a little bit more about the mom's journey. 
She's putting a lot of eggs the in the daughter's basket. Right. She's really more like she's got to find her next step. Right. I th- I thought it was very good. Very like she it was compelling. Nester? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. So because you said eggs in one basket, bird eggs, empty nest. Empty Dirt. nest. Yeah. Boy, I love the show Empty Nest with Richard Mulligan. You ever watch that? No. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Uh, so I read The Goodbye Quilt by Susan Wiggs. My first by the author. I'm going to check out some for Christmas books. Uh, you do love a Christmas Around book. Christmas, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I read Rainbow Six by Tom Clancy. Oh, hey. This was a gift from uh, Mr. Eric Mickles, yeah. uh, and it was not great. I don't know what to I, tell you. You five-starred it. You five-starred it. Here's my problem huh. with, with the Rainbow wow. Six. Yeah. Okay. Rainbow Six is like an elite squad. Yeah. And John Clark is like the head of that squad. Okay. And then uh, you've got, you know, sort of underlings. And you've got somebody who's like his main lieutenant. Uh-huh. But the book sort of lacks a primary character, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're following like Rainbow Six on these different missions that are sort of interconnected. But each one also feels very episodic. Mm-hmm. So for like a 900-page read, I found it a little difficult mm-hmm. without a more concrete through line. Right. You know, because I sort of expected John Clark was going to be the main character in this. And he's really not. Right. No, it's the, the Russian yeah, really Popoff is. is a little bit more of the of yeah. a main. Yeah, he's I the agree. You're following through. Yeah, he's he's the through line more, right. but it's all it's not really. It's like that happens by de facto. It doesn't feel all that purposeful that he's your main character, right? And so I felt like there was just a hole in it that mm. made it. I don't know. It got to a point where I was like, <laughs> right, but I did it. Well, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, I would have been in sixth grade when this book was like introduced to me because my friend was reading it because he was playing the video game. And then it was like high school age when I actually read mm-hmm. the whole thing. So mm-hmm. 18 or 19 is when I read it. Okay. So, to put you in another time and place of yeah. when I would have been reading this. Yeah. So. Well, now I know. Yeah. Now I know. Uh, I do. I mean, it did make me want to sort of get into Tom Clancy a little bit because <gasps> oh, I really like the Jack Ryan character. And I thought Hunt for Red October, despite mm-hmm. all of its, I, I feel like it's, it's so long. Uh, I do think he's a really intriguing character. This mm-hmm. sort of like atypical mm-hmm. action hero. I like that hook. So I've never read Patriot Games or oh, yeah. the Tiger, all that stuff. Um, so I, I think I'll, I'll uh, I have uh, that a little bit more. To bring you back again to my past. Do I it. Because w- I had read Rainbow Six yes. and I had read The Hunt for Great October. Yes. I just started buying Tom Clancy books wherever I saw them. And I just, I just had like a whole shelf of Tom Clancy books. Wow. Never read any of them. Except You've those only two. read Rainbow Six and Hunt for Red October? Yeah. Same as me. Yeah. Wow. So we got to pick the next one together. I have uh, Red Storm Rising at home okay. to read. I'll read that. You want to read that? Sure. Is that John Clark or is that a... Uh, I don't know. It Jack, might be Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Okay. Well, might be none of them. Might be. Uh, so I read that. Uh, finally, I've read a book that has been antagonizing this podcast for, I want to say, years now. Maybe since the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Not really. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Uh, read it cover to cover, baby. Uh, still massively popular. Uh, still... 60 plus holds on it in our system uh it was a very good read so the <gasps> i know the synopsis that we're given a woman who survives in the marsh is accused of murder yeah is such a weird like reductive one sentence uh-huh. thing for what this book is about because it's really about this like very poor family who lives on essentially uh, lives in a shack on the marsh and one by one the family kind of goes and the last one standing is a seven-year-old girl right and so she has to sort of make her way like into adulthood and feeding herself and taking care of herself. And it is, it's immensely readable. So I understand mm-hmm. why people are devouring it because it really, I was never, I was never tired of reading and I was never like how many pages left. I was, right. I was all in that being said, I think there are some real criticisms to throw at the book because 
it's a debut novel, mm-hmm. and I think some of the weaknesses of that are <laughs> are pretty apparent because there are oh. certain there are certain things that are just like glossed over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There there are elements about her growing up and about her sort of maturing and and transitioning into being adult that we just are never touched upon in the novel, and you're just left to assume well she probably figured it out, right? You know, but I think like. I don't know. I feel like a more seasoned writer would have would have been able to like really layer a more I don't know, a more detailed like narrative up through. Not Tom Clancy detailed, don't get me wrong. Right. But I do think that there's a lot of things that were just sort of glossed over for the sake of like a smooth story versus and so mm-hmm. that to me bothered me a little bit. It was like in a movie where, you know, you're you're missing a lot of exposition and you're just meant to like assume. So I didn't really like that. And the murder element of it is a through line throughout the book because you have you have uh, Kaya like as a child, and then mm-hmm. you have like the murder thing happening. So, but it, they never—I don't feel they ever really like coalesce. And the only parts that I was ever a little like, okay, were the murder segments. I just don't think it was necessary. I think you could have done this book exactly like it is and just excised that plot entirely and expanded a little bit to the parts I'm talking about, giving it more of a more of a structure to it. So. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I understand why it's so popular, but I think there's some there's some pretty fair criticism in mm-hmm. there of uh, how it was executed. So that's my hot take on the book that's been the number one New York yeah. Times bestseller for yeah. over a year. Woman, she, she's she's bought her herself three houses and a yacht. Yeah, she doesn't like. She doesn't on. need. She doesn't need my <laughs> approval, but she does have it because I liked it. I yeah. read so many graphic novels that I'm just gonna I'm gonna winnow this down a little bit because I've been reading a lot of my friend the Green Lantern. I finished New 52 Green Lantern, started uh, Rebirth Green Lantern with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, number one. That was all right. That was decent. I've been reading a lot of uh, comic book author Steve Englehart's Green Lantern run, good classic stuff. I also read Englehart's uh, Batman Strange Apparitions, which is a really cool 70s run on Batman. Yeah. It just has this like a heaviness and a mm-hmm. moodiness in a good way yeah. that really like propelled this story. And mm-hmm. I thought... I don't know. I just have not read any other Batman stories like it. Mm. And it's funny that it's just like this handful of issues because it feels like this is the bold new direction of Batman. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it was for like the the, the shows and the movies. Mm-hmm. Like that hook really has has had staying power, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I read that and then I read Batman Prey right after. I haven't read. Is that Denny O'Neill? No, Batman Prey. I don't know who wrote it. It was like one of the '90s ones. It's kind of like a sequel to Year One ish or anything. Okay. Uh, Hugo Strange was in it. Okay. And then I read Batman and the Monster Men, and Hugo Strange was in that, and I felt like a lot of Hugo Strange happening. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and Hugo yeah. Strange in this was sort of like coming back after a long absence. Yeah, my so my feeling after reading Batman Strange Apparitions was like, can I get eight more volumes of this? I agree. So. I agree. So, uh, let's see what else. I had a few other things there. Um, I read my first Mega Man, Mega Man Gigamix Volume 1. Hey, the pog I gave you as a gift yeah. is on the floor again. Sorry. Let me just put it right up here. My <laughs> son and I have been playing through all the Mega Man games. Uh-huh. And so, I read one of the Mega Man mangas that we have in the collection. It was fun. Nice. There's two stories in it. One was good. One was dumb. Oh. Uh, and then I read the first volume of, of Cyborg, Cyborg Volume 1, Imitation of Life. Uh, it was not great. Oh. It was fine. Poor Cyborg. They just can't, they just can't quite find a hook. Yeah, I am currently reading Leia by Claudia Gray. This is a young adult novel about Princess Leia, Star Wars novel. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm reading this with uh, some friends. We're doing a sci-fi book club on it. And I'm reading Space Prison by Tom Goodwin. Mm-hmm. So this was originally uh, this was originally put out as Survivors, 
which is what? a much better title. Okay. That's the original title is Survivors. That makes so much more sense because basically like a planet's enslaved. Ooh. They're moving the population and then there oh. are people who they were like, you're not really worth our trouble. So oh. you just, you know, whatever. And so they're just kind of stuck and they're trying to like, I don't know, survive basically mm-hmm. as Survivors would do. So not so much a space prison, but Survivors. I came across this on a site called Loyal Books. Are you familiar with this? No. Loyalbooks.com. So I actually first came across this in preparation for this episode. Um, I had only read the uh, Illustrated Classics. Space Prison is Mark uh, Twain? No, it's not Mark Twain. <laughs> I, but I only read Mark Twain Illustrated Classics right. uh, as a kid. And so Love I was it. trying to do... Um, I was trying to read some newer, or not newer, but some some of the full length stuff. Right. And so I came across uh, Tom Sawyer as an audiobook, which you can subscribe to as a podcast through wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. And it's from a site called Loyal Books, and they take public domain audiobooks and ebooks and just put them out oh. there. So you could search for all of these in your regular like podcast search and then subscribe. So okay. Tom Sawyer was um, split up in, I don't know, I think maybe 10 or 15 episodes that oh. were chapters one through five, chapters six through 10, whatever. Um, but there's a whole, I mean, there's just everything. Every classic you could think of is here. And I've tried some, uh, I've tried some free audiobooks before, and they're always really like homespun and mm-hmm. just not good quality. But the the several that I've sampled on this have all been really good quality. Mm. Like the sound quality is good, the readers are good, um, and being able to adapt them as in into the podcast player, you can you can speed them up, you can find all sorts of things. So, I was doing a deep dive into the sci-fi section that Loyal Books has. Uh, and came across Space Prison, so it's been a lot of fun. So um, hmm. you can always download new hot audiobooks from Overdrive or the Libby app through your local library, the David A. Howe Public Library. <laughs> but if you're looking for some older stuff or some some um, you know some of this stuff is just the 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 copyright lapsed for whatever reason, and so they snapped it up and made an audiobook out of it. So really cool. You can find it through your podcast app. You can find it uh, at loyalbooks.com. But I encourage you to check that out hmm. for some classics. Was that your review? Of survivors, space prison. Yeah, yeah, that was. I was talking okay. about space prison. No, I know, but did you like? I haven't finished it. Oh, I'm halfway okay. through. I was I'm like, so that's my currently reading. Leia and space okay. prisoners are my currently reading. I also saw the Jonas Brothers in concert. Uh huh. It was a lot of fun. Nice. I w- it was. It was. We were saying last week. I said we're going to hip concerts, but we weren't. We were going to old man concerts. Uh huh. And my wife and I saw Jonas Brothers, and it was a completely different experience. Yeah. It was sure. just. We were the oldest people. It was screaming start to finish. But it was super fun, and I love that new album. Nice. Do we have that in our collection? Yep. Cool. All right. We'll come check it out. Uh, that's it for me. Nice. Should we jump over to some book news? Sure. Okay. Um, well, the uh, you know what? Play that theme. Nick and Thank you. (laughs) The 2019 Booker Prize, formerly the Man Booker Prize, the artist formerly known as the Man. That's not funny, is it? A Prince joke? A little. Does it play? A little. Okay. The artist formerly known as... No, I don't like it. Uh, The Man (laughs) Booker Prize has condensed its name to the Booker Prize. And we're down to a short list. And here it is for your reading pleasure. The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. This Mm. is the long-awaited, I guess you might say, sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, right, right. Duck's Newburyport by Lucy Ellman. This was the one that I wanted to read. The sequel, this is on my list. The Testament's on this short list. That's what I just said. Wow. No, I was, I'm was. i just like, that seems... I know. I'm a little surprised by that, yeah. too. It's odd. Yeah. Um, this just in. My attempt to get a underground pool <laughs> has been a, has been nominated <laughs> for an award. An underground... I think you say in-ground pool. In-ground an pool? An underground pool sounds like... 
Yeah. It sounds no, like it sounds exactly right. Sounds oh. what I meant. She has an so underground. There's dirt above yeah. you, and there's a pool, it, like under, a cavern. Yeah. <laughs> that actually plays well into our Tom Sawyer talk a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Mm-hmm. An Orchestra of Minorities by Chigozi Obiyama. Cusho by Salman Rushdie. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes, 38 seconds in This Strange World by Elif Shafak. Mm. So the, that's the short list. Uh, the, the winner is going to be coming down. Last year's winner was Milkman, which mm-hmm. got a lot of attention. It seemed to be uh, yeah. a pretty, pretty well received overall. So yeah. I'm interested to see what's going to win here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a legacy author. This is my, this is my prediction. I don't think we're going to see Salman Rushdie or Margaret Atwood winning this prize. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, that's coming to you in a couple of months here, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll we'll let you know. October fourteenth is the winner for that. Uh, what's on the New York Times bestseller list, my man? Up. All right, number ten is The Whisper Man Shh. by Alex North. The Whisper Man. Serial killers' methods from twenty years ago resonate in the town of Featherbank when a young boy goes missing. Serial killers are scary, man. They are. I agree. Uh, I mean, Stay I, away. I've been watching season two of uh, Mindhunter, oh. and I had to stop for a little bit because, okay. like, it's just like I just think too much. Anytime, I'm just walking, I'm just walking from the store, and somebody's you like, think "You could be serial killed anytime." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I've got like avian bones. I probably can't put a bunch of a fight. You have avian bones? Yeah. I got like hollow, hollow bones. Wow. Yeah. Huh. You should be careful in the wind. Yeah. Kind of like a flamingo. Really? Yeah, if, you, if you're wondering you what... You do have very long, elegant legs. Thank you. Like a flamingo. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, number nine, Inland by Tia Oberant. The lives of fr- frontiers mm. woman and a former outlaw intersect in an unforgiving climate of Arizona territory in 1893. It's yeah. going to be hot there. I So her, her first, her most, I think it's her first, her most recent novel. Tia Oberant? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Tiger's Wife. Oh, we, yeah. We did for a book club, and I hated it. Oh, but I was in the minority on that, so okay. I think it was pretty popular overall. This so. isn't a sequel to that. This is it's not. Okay. No, it's just its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I would not want to move. I would not want to be a frontier person in Arizona. Really? I guess Arizona. No. Yeah. Not, not with the so heat. I, yep. Can't grow nothing. Nope. Here we go. Yep. I'll make a house now. Oh, yep. no trees. Can't do it. All right. Just gonna sit All down. All right. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Number just eight. Sit in the shade of a cactus. Yeah. Make my turquoise jewels. My apologies to the pioneers of Arizona. Yeah. Well, they're long gone. <laughs> Number eight, The Bitter Roots by C.J. Box, Minotaur Press. I like that. I like wow. to think that uh, to get your book fully published, you have to go through a maze, a labyrinth, yes. if you will, and defeat the Minotaur. Now, if a Minotaur is behind a desk, you don't know that until they come around the desk, right? You no, just the think- Minotaur is the top part. The Minotaur is the top. Is the bull. Is the, the bull. top part, yeah. And the bottom part's man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I See, think that's that doesn't work as well. A centaur would surprise you. A centaur. You. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I mean, I'd be surprised if a minotaur was sitting behind my desk. <laughs> that's true. I would be surprised. Yes. But you would have a better. You would have a quicker understanding of your situation. Yeah, I'd be get-go. able to sum it up. I wouldn't have had a long conversation <laughs> and have him like clomp out. Yeah. From behind the desk yeah. and maybe like what? The? Yeah. You know. <laughs> if anything, you would yeah. have been less like. Don't say hoof. Don't say hoof. Sitting next to a cow. Right. And then when he steps out, he's like, "He's a man body." Yeah. I'm sitting next to a cow, and it asked me to like pass the salt. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Look out. All right. Uh, but about the Bitter Roots, it's the fourth book in the Cassie Dewall series. The black sheep of the influential family is accused of assault. Oh. There you go. The black sheep. The Last Widow is at number seven. It's new this week, and it's by Karen Slaughter. Yeah. Uh, the abduction of a... S- uh, okay. The abduction of a Centers for Disease Control scientist and explosions in an Atlanta neighborhood... 
Portent a Massacre. Slowing, you're like an Energizer commercial <laughs> over there where you've got the store brand battery in you. Oh, no. Jump, store jump, brand won't jump, do it, jump, yeah. Are commercials still a thing? Yeah, they are. Are commercials still a thing? On YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number six, The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. And I believe... Oh, you know what? No, that's Turn of a Friendly Card by the mm. Alan Parsons family. Oh, no. Uh, Ruth Ware, a nanny working in a technological laden house in Scotland, goes to jail when one of her children dies. When by one the, of the children author dies. of Woman and Kevin 10. Yeah, yeah we talked and about are you Are you picking things. this up? Yeah. Oh. I am going to pick it up. Number five, The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Two boys respond to the horrors of a Jim Crow era reform school in ways that impact them decades later. Horrors. <laughs> Number four, One Good Deed by David Baldacci. World War II veteran on parole must find the real killer in a small town or face going back to jail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, what was that? Goofy premise. I guess. I don't know. Uh, number three, The Inn by James Patterson and Candace Fox. A former Boston police detective who is now an innkeeper. I'm an innkeeper. Sh- must shield a seaside <laughs> town from a crew of c- criminals. Also, s- you, storms. I'm sorry, could you do that with a Boston accent? I'm going to need a I thick don't know if I can. I'll cut Boston, this out if I can't do Boston it. Boston accent. A former Boston police detective who is now an innkeeper must shield a seaside town from a crew of criminals. Also, the storms. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do something about Dunkin' Donuts while you're at it? Also, get some Dunkins while you're out. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> With apologies to Candace Fox. James Patterson no, knows I don't know. what he did. I don't know. Is it in? The, the iced one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ordering a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Here, use my card. Hey, what's with Dunkin' <laughs> just going by Dunkin' now? It's simpler. Instead of Dunkin D- is it simpler? Yeah. How is it simpler? Nobody's ever like, hey, go to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' what? It's People just, say Dunkin'? Just go to Dunkin'. Do they? Oh, yeah. I'm not hip New with England, it. it's just Dunkin'. Well, I'm not hip with it. Yeah. It's just okay. junk Dunkins and it's just the wall. Yeah. Well, like a Burger King just changed their name to Burger. Yeah. Or BK. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess Kentucky Fried Chicken did that KFC thing for yeah. a while. But then I think they started using real chicken again so they could use it. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't quote me. Yeah. Stop by the witch see if he wants anything. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Eric's Boston accent, oh, everyone. Boy. My apologies to people with real Boston accents. Yeah, really. The sexiest accent. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I had never been sexier than I have not been as sexy as I was since I left the Boston area. Ever since I dropped that accent, it seems true, but I don't. <laughs> uh, Old Bones is at number two by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Darn it, Jim. <laughs> Different. He is an old bone. Yeah, I know. Right, yeah. Uh, an ex- <laughs> uh, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. So an expedition you into this green blooded. Sorry, Hobgoblin? <laughs> An expedition into a Sierra Nevada uncovers new twist to the events involving the Donner Party. Who? That's a twist. Yeah, it was. What's going on, Doug Preston? Yeah, Doug. Doug child. Preston. Number one, Where the Crawdads Sings by Delia Owens. I've read it. In a quiet town of North Carolina coast in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. She sure does. And that does not reduce... Anything. I just don't think it's a, it's it's. I don't know. I guess technically you would classify it as a mystery because uh-huh. that is an element of it, but it just yeah. seems like an unnecessary element. Mm. I just don't think you need it. Right. That's just me. Mm-hmm. What's the next one gonna be? Any predictions? The next hot book? I don't know. You got it. They just come out of nowhere. They do. You're right. This is like a debut novel. Yeah, so. but but like the Nightingale, for example, Christian mm-hmm. Hannah's been around turning out novels for years. Oh, sure. And suddenly people cared about her. Right. You know. <laughs> Apologies to Kristen <laughs> you, Hanna. You know what I mean. Suddenly it was like, oh, Kristen Hanna. Yeah. You know, before she was putting out like oversized paperbacks for moms and grocery stores. You know, I used to live next door to a Kristen. Did you? Yeah, Hannah. No. Oh, 
never lived next door to her, Hannah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I didn't know her sisters. I make it a habit of not getting to know my neighbors, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Woody Allen reference. It's nice. Mm. Sorry. Cut that out now. Sorry. <laughs> didn't really connect that. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Mark Twain. Let's do it. All right. So this is our. S- hey, do we have. We do have an author spotlight. Yeah. Roll it. Right. <laughs> All right. You never adapt to that theme. That's true. I, That's I like scary. it. I still I stand by it. I like it. But I do. I did adapt to this JTT spotlight that we are doing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas. We're going to be talking about the Lion King. Not really. Uh huh. But you brought up Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and then I make Jonathan Taylor oh, Thomas I jokes. Brought it up because of uh, Tom and Huck. Tom and Huck. I get it. <laughs> okay. So, as I mentioned, uh, Man part of, of the house, part of the, <laughs> Chevy Chase. Wow. That must have been a good set to work on. Yeah. Chevy Chase is always so pleasant. That was the first time I heard the term serial killer. Really? Yeah. In that JTT movie. JTT's wondering if her mom's new boyfriend, Chevy Chase, is a, is serial, a serial killer. killer. So he's like looking at well, encyclopedias. Like, well, just because he's not listed. Yeah. He's killed a lot of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about Mark Twain today. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... And ne'er the Mark Twains shall meet. That's right. Uh, yes. I think a lot of people know Mark Twain uh, from his time-traveling adventure with Guinan and Captain Picard <laughs> when they found Data's head uh, in the past. Wouldn't you agree that that's the most... That's but where people go to. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that Mark Twain uh-huh. was actually a novelist in the 1800s. Yeah. Very yeah. popular. Very he trendy. Not actually played by... Uh, vanilla Ice, despite what the right. Ridiculous Six would have right. you believe. Yeah, Adam Sandler and yeah. uh, his friends. Huh. Yeah, that movie broke us. That movie <laughs> broke us. Uh, Mark Twain, I feel like, is one of the... I don't know. He, he's one of the ones who has the most staying power in some ways. Like, it's always sort of cool to to like Mark Twain, don't you think? Hmm. You don't think? No. No? Really? I don't know. If, if somebody just walked in and was like, hey, what's up? I just finished reading some Mark well, Twain. You know what I'm I mean, not going to be like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess I mean like the wit of Mark Twain is something mm. that like is sort of a perennial I don't know. favorite. I can honestly tell you that doing this podcast is the most I've thought about Mark Twain in a long, long time. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, I But you're right. Fair. People are constantly quoting the man. Yeah, so. I think so too. Well, in looking at, like when I was looking at Loyal Books, it mm-hmm. was like, you know, a, lo- a lot of what's in the public domain is either you've never heard of the author or, right. but it seems like the Mark Twain books just like boom mm-hmm. right to the top. You know, like that's where, that's where the interest is. So I just, mm-hmm. I wonder wonder why that is I don't know. and i think i i think it really is the wit i think the like mm. the irreverence that that he treats these subjects with and the way that he's sort of i don't know it just sort of seems like he's always kind of making fun of like everyone like including the reader right you know what i mean like there's just there's always a little bit of an edge to it Do you know what i'm saying i, I get the only one i've read like his full novel that i read would have been Huck Finn. Okay. And I listened to that. Okay. I don't know how much of like the wit was in there. Mm. Cause I guess that's supposed to be more of just like a travelogue. I see. Yeah. So. I haven't read Huck Finn. All right. Well okay. let's, uh, let's, let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Okay. When did you first encounter, what's your earliest memory of Mark Twain? It must be when I watched the Elijah Wood Huck Finn movie. Okay. I guess. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's the same for me. Early nineties. I remember like watching that in school. Okay. I watched it at home. I can't remember. If I watched that movie before I read the illustrated classic version of Tom Sawyer, okay, it's like neck and neck. Right. Those two, it's is one that of the those one two things. Where Huck is like, "You're my best friend," and Jim is like, "You're my only friend." 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Elijah then, Wood. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw then. Yeah. Okay. I remember that was. I mean, that's an exciting movie. I haven't watched it in many, yeah. many, many, many years. I don't remember but really at the time, it, yeah. you remember he like fakes his own death. Yeah. You know, like he's he's got he's with his like drunk dad and he like puts pig's blood all over the house and mm. escapes. Do you remember this? No, I remember it him was being intense. kidnapped. It was intense. Oh. Yeah. So for me, like at the time, I was like, this is so exciting. This oh, is blowing right. my mind. Yeah. You know? So I was I was like right in mm-hmm. from there. Um, so that was my first, one of those two. Mm-hmm. And then I think like my favorite as a kid would have been the uh, Brad Renfro, JTT, Tom and Huck movie. Did Brad you who? Renfro? No. He's Huck. No, okay, but I don't, like, I would never have known oh, who that was. Well, I mean, he was, like, he was popular at the time. I don't think he's, mm-hmm. I don't think he got past, like, child star status. Okay, yeah. Was Not he in Wild JTT America? Has, but I don't think so. Okay. No. Should we say that we're talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah, yeah. we're talking about Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor yeah. Thomas. Maybe Huck. JTT isn't as uh, ubiquitous as it was Maybe in the not. 90s. Maybe not. So. Um, what What are some other early early ones i i had huck finn and tom sawyer illustrated classics at home okay but i never read them okay i remember just kind of like kind of browsing through them and being like maybe Mm -hmm. maybe but then i just never did there was something that i i remember reading a little bit of tom sawyer as a kid and kind of get into it and huck finn was in there and everything i'm like i don't know he's just at home yeah so I, I don't think I ever got into those when I was a kid. I was always more interested in Huck Finn. I think just mm. because of that yeah. Elijah Wood it's movie. It's more of an but, adventure. But I still haven't read even the illustrated classic of that. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not super yeah. familiar with that story outside of the movie. Right. Um, I've seen many versions of Prince and the Pauper. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, you know what? I read that. You did? As a child. I read the illustrated classic. Okay. I completely forgot that. Was I him. don't think I did read the illustrated classic, but I but I remember very distinctly the Mickey Mouse version. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Mickey? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's why I read Prince of the Pop. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's very long. Yeah? So. Even the illustrated? No, probably not the illustrated okay. one. It's not very long. <laughs> Um, so no, so I haven't read uh, the adult version of Prince of the Popper, but I did read that as a kid. Did you ever watch A, a Kid in King Arthur's Court? Uh, is that the, 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 the baseball League. kid? Yeah, yeah. I League. did. I watched the kids in King King Arthur Court. Okay. What yeah. about the, what about the? Jeez, uh, what's his name? I not. I keep thinking Martin Short, but Martin Lawrence, the Martin Lawrence Black Knight. Have you seen that? No, one? I haven't seen Black Knight. Okay, no, I haven't seen either of those movies. I uh, did. Oh, you didn't see a kid in King no, Arthur Court? No, I don't Court? think I, I don't have any rem- memory of it's seeing. Pretty that. dumb. I imagine it, it would. It be, does yeah. not hold up as like how some people would be like Rookie of the Year and yeah. uh, Angels in the Outfield, like. Kid in King Arthur's Court does not hold up. Okay. So I remember at one point he has like, he just keeps pulling stuff out of his backpack. I'm like, you just went from to baseball practice. Yeah. Well, you brought everything. Yeah. He invents like the bicycle. It's Gilligan I- Gilligan's Island situation. Yeah. Going yeah. On very three much. hour tour away. He got 40 so. costume changes. Yeah. Ginger, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, really, the Howells had a lot of clothes. Ginger kind of wore that same filmy dress all the time. Right. Which in the heat, I don't think would be very comfortable. Sure. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but we could do a Gilligan's Island spotlight if you're open to it. Yeah, get me the novelizations. I will. <laughs> Thank you for that. Did you ever watch the cartoons, Gilligan's? Oh, my goodness. It's not the time. Nah, You're yeah. right. It's not the time. I feel that. Uh, I don't think... So I don't think I've seen those movies, but uh-huh. when I was, I don't know, in my early 20s, uh-huh. my friend Bo, past podcast oh, yeah. guest, Bo yeah. Hutchings, the Nutcracker, hashtag yeah. Bo, uh, he, he was working at this theater uh, in Coldwater, Michigan called Tibbetts Opera House. Okay. And they were doing this season where um, they did Camelot, which is, you know, serious and lofty in uh-huh. Camelot, you know. And they wanted to do a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, ah, okay. the musical, which I don't think even now, I don't think you can get the rights to that. I think it's oh, in really? this like, weird dormant place huh. where you can't, is because I guess it's not very good. Like, oh, it's okay. pretty rough. <laughs> um, and so it was just never super popular. I think that Rodgers and Hammerstein 
holds the rights to that. Oh, yeah. I don't exactly remember who. Okay. Who that. But anyway, the point is, Tibbetts Opera House had gotten special, like, written permission Ooh. from Rodgers and Hammerstein's to do a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's right. Court, the musical, to kind of bookend their season with that in Camelot. Okay. So, Bo and I went to see that, and I think that was th- one of the very few times in, like, recent years where you could actually have seen this full stage right. production. Um and it wasn't very good. <laughs> there are there are some memorable songs, songs that sort of became pop standards, mm-hmm. uh, but it's um, pop standards of the day, like oh, not okay. today. You know, like Frank Sinatra. Kind oh, okay. Of, you know, yeah. things. Uh, but anyway, is that where a Funny Valentine comes from? I don't think so. Oh. That's that's Babes in Arms. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. So the plot of that basically is mm-hmm. he's stuck back there, and they think that he's like. Right. I don't know. I think they're going to like kill him basically. And he knows that the eclipse is coming. So he's Mm -hmm. trying to like, I can do magic and blot out the sun. So leave me alone. So that's kind of funny. And he doesn't, he's not like precise about it. So he ends up doing this really long thing with like magic words. And it's kind of a dumb Hmm. play, but the premise is fun. Right. And it was enjoyable enough. And I'm glad to have seen it on stage. Uh, But then that was kind of it. I feel like for a long time, I don't, I hadn't really seen, I know some modern adaptations of, of Tom Sawyer and and different Tom and Huck. I feel no, like. No, there is. There is. Oh, like, I, you're like you said, Black Knight. Yeah, yeah. No, but there is one with um, uh, Supergirl. Melissa Benoit is, is in one where she plays Becky in, in a recent uh, adaptation of Tom Sawyer. But Really? Anyway, yeah. And there's also a, a cartoon from 2000. What? I know. I was going to watch that with my son over the weekend, and I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is creepy. I could tell this mm, is going to be creepy. Okay. So we didn't end up doing it. Right. But that was it for a long time. murdered in Tom and Huck. Yeah. Guy falls down a well at the end. Yeah. Not in a giant cave. Pretty serious. Yeah. Pretty serious stuff. Scary. I remember in Tom Sawyer, like, Tom and Becky trapped in the cavern uh-huh. at the end. Terrifying. Scare you? It really? was Yeah. I mean, it was so okay. intense. I Claustrophobic? Just, I had to know what was... I'm always fascinated by that kind of thing, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth or oh, something, yeah. where they're like... You know, yeah, just underground. No, thank you. I know. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I went to uh, Mammoth Cave once in uh-huh. uh, Kentucky, I think it is. Oh, and you know, you go down in the caverns, and they turn the lights off at one point and say, like, this is the darkest you'll ever see. But it always made me think of like that that scene in Tom Sawyer where they're just like trapped down there and they can't see anything. Goodness, it's crazy, scary. You weren't scared by it, by Tom and Huck. Yeah. No. What about when you read the book? Oh, you didn't read the book, right? Yeah. Well. Let me tell you what. Maybe, uh, maybe in the book. It was pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, the first, I think the first as an adult thing that I sat down to really read was A Horse's Tale. And that is... Wow, okay. That is that is by... Mark well, it's Twain. by Mark Twain, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's about um, uh, Buffalo Bill's horse. Right. Soldier Boy. Uh-huh. And about half of it is narrated by, by Soldier Boy. Right. And if all of it was narrated by Soldier Boy, I would say that was really good. That was really <laughs> fun. Anytime somebody other than the horse was telling the story, I was uh-huh. like, can you get the horse? Bring yeah, in the horse. Sure. That one I thought was a good example of the whip because he's very like prideful and like has the horses. This, yeah. Has this like skewed view of Buffalo Bill. And mm-hmm. He's just like amazing. And, and so <laughs> that's sort of fun. I think that's a good play on, on the times, but that goes to a really like, dark and tragic place and, mm. and become sort of a commentary on bullfighting but i think it what w- yes but i think more than just bullfighting it's sort of like a. I think it's i think it's kind of a takedown on just sort of like the the voyeuristic tendencies of like Man. society as a Man whole kind. yeah and so like it starts in a really whimsical, you're reading about this like arrogant horse. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this like dark and upsetting conversation right. about like 
the grosser parts of man. Yeah. So I think like the wit was really present there whenever the horse was talking. Mm-hmm. But when it got down in that deep message, it was like <laughs> yowza. Yeah. Um, what about you? What are some of the things that you've read? Uh, so it would have been like right after college, I had signed up for Audible. I think I had like a free trial. And so I grabbed uh, like one of the free things. I'm like, I'll listen to Huck Finn. Yeah. Uh, read by Elijah Wood. Because I remember cool. liking that right, movie. Yeah. Uh, long book. Does is that edited at all? No, just, no. It Elijah is not. Wood is just saying all of the. Yep, wow. he, he's reading the text. It's that's that's an interesting debate that we don't have to get into right, right now in this yeah. podcast. We're not. I quali- can tell you, I didn't. We're not turn my radio that, up that loud. Yeah, I when I realized what it was. Yeah. Um. By the end, by like the last third or fourth of the book, there there was a while. I'm like, this is the end of the book, isn't it? Yeah. And it just kept going, mm-hmm. and that's when I first used the. Uh, times two oh, speed yeah. i'm like just get yeah. to the end of this get there i i was ready to be done okay at times it was really i got really into it and other times i was like i should, I should just watch the movie yeah. again um so i didn't really dig it i read some of the short stories okay i read the five boons of life okay. by mark twain this is about a man he gets to choose these gifts that a fairy is bringing him okay uh one is like precious the others are whatever and he's like i know what it is and it's like love power money and something else that's only two well three power money death and fame death is a boon of happiness fame is the other one fame the movie fame yeah they give him a copy of fame and so he keeps choosing them and they're all wrong love also is one of the wrong ones he's like oh everyone i loved is dead now it turns out it was death but the fairy wouldn't give it to him spoiler alert so he's miserable did you like it no oh Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's it about? I mean, what's that? The, that's it. It's, it's just he just goes off. Is it about like greediness? Like, what do you think? I, that I don't know because at the end, death is the precious one, huh. and so it's just wanting to die because life sucks. Okay, I guess. I mean, it really is just like I'll choose fame. He goes hmm. off. He's like, fame was great, and then everything fell apart. Money was great, and then everything fell apart. It so was like, weird. So it's like a parable. I guess. Okay. Yeah. It would have fit more with uh, Pilgrim's Progress, but I did not like it. Uh, I, also I do read... like Pilgrim's Progress. Oh, that's not by Mark Twain. Uh, no, John Bunyan. Uh, I read Luck by Mark Twain. Yes. That's about just like this big dumb idiot who <laughs> gets to be like a, a war hero because he's just lucky. Yeah. And the guy at the end is like, wouldn't it be great to be lucky? Uh, I read <laughs> Edward... What is this one? <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a roast of Mark Twain. <laughs> I read What Stumped the Blue Jays by Mark Twain. What was it? So this is somebody who can like talk to animals, but he, okay. he, he doesn't talk to animals. If he's, I could He's talk. telling people he can talk to animals. To he's animals. saying what they are like, and he's talking about Blue Jays have the best conversations, huh. but they can also start swearing. And it's really just a story about Blue Jays putting an acorn in a hole of a tree and wondering where it went and so a bunch of blue jays just were keep... they were they foul-mouthed blue jays yes oh good okay and so they keep they keep a bunch of blue jays just keep showing up and laughing and trying to figure out what the deal is and then it turns out that it's a chimney i see of a house yeah and that's how fun it is to talk to blue jays huh. uh but then i read this is the funny one uh edward mills and george benton a tale by mark twain okay this is the story of uh two people one is basically the good and faithful son who stays at home and does everything right and stays virtuous. And one is basically the prodigal son who goes off and... From the Bible. Right. Lives a, Mark lives Twain a, loved uh, the Bible. <laughs> he lives a deplorable life and everything. Right. But it the way the story turns out, is, it shows you that being the honest, uh, hardworking one kind of sucks, and you're always going to fall behind uh, and be second to the prodigal son. because I believe that's the plot of the film Booksmart. Is it? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> 
basically like the one who is uh who's working hard and everything his life just is harder he gets married but he gets married to his second choice because the first choice decides to marry the uh ne'er-do-well and hoping to fix him and everything so the guy's like oh well i guess i'll marry Jeanette then and uh, that was not the sexiest accent <laughs> um and so like he just has a hard life he starts running out of money but he's he has to stop paying dues to all these like honorable societies and okay. he dies and is miserable and on the his tombstone is even ends in dot 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 because nobody finished it for him so it's like <laughs> a, a life of virtue and everything meanwhile everybody keeps trying to save george and make him uh, the better, son. yeah, the prodigal yeah. son character. Even though he keeps gambling and all this other stuff, they keep trying to help him. And you know, the the good one got murdered because he wouldn't let people rob from his uh, boss's mm. money box and everything. And George is just like on on the stand, and people like, you know, pardon him and we'll help him and everything. And so he just lives a better life. You seem delighted by this tale. Listen, I am the oldest of four. Uh-huh. If you if you don't think that I've seen the prodigal son. Uh, get new sneakers when I was the one <laughs> behaving, <laughs> then, you know? So, so this yeah, I read personal. that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> very personal to you. Yeah. So I don't want to be murdered because somebody's trying to steal your bank, your money box. I'd right. give them your money box. Right. If they held you, you would give them my money if box. They, if they held a knife up to me, I'm like, yeah. I, yeah, I'd be okay with yeah, that. Nick is, Nick is probably insured. Preserve your life. Yeah. Preserve your life. Meanwhile, yeah. So this one, this one did it for you. Meanwhile, my my brother's just screaming and burning things, and right. everybody's like, "Let's take him out to lunch." Give him new shoes. Yeah, give him new shoes. <laughs> All right. So this I'm, was, I'm putting newspapers around elastic bands you. so I can see. Get that's 50 I guess that's what debt. I mean when I say that he's like <laughs> <laughs> that he's kind of a perennial favorite because that yeah. right there, I mean, that's kind of a universal yeah. feeling. Yeah. You know, like most people can relate to that yeah. sort of thing. I think also Mark Twain survives a lot in his quotability. That's you know, true. It's just yeah. an endless supply of Mark Twain quotes yeah. that are these perfect little one-line singers. Listen, I, you know, I have a YouTube, and I, I've been, put, I am, I put yes, YouTube, I've yeah. been putting videos on YouTube since like 2006 or early adapter, five or something. Early adapter yeah. over here, pioneer. So not recent, in Arizona, pioneer. Recent, but, but I, I haven't put like new material on there in a while. But recently, somebody found out I was streaming and found me on Twitter. I was like, oh, I didn't realize you were still around. It's so. It's it's good to see you're still producing stuff and whatnot. And I was like, uh, that's so cool. The news of my demise or news yeah. of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, it's Mark Twain quote right, right there. So there you go. In your own personal life. In my own. Yep. What are you gonna do? Look at that. That's two things I can bring closer. I know. So you did it. Yeah. Well, we we put this question out on Facebook just to kind of get a sense of where people were. Why did? And maybe I already asked you this. Okay. But why did Mary Kate and Ashley never team up for a movie with JTT? Huh. Why I thought you were going to say, why didn't they do a Prince of the Popper? Yeah. Because that's mean, a good one, too. Right there, you've got it. Yeah. I don't do the ages. I don't think those ages line up. No? I think JTT is older. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. They're just kids. Yeah. All right. Sorry. All right. Well, that would, well, today they should do one. I think, that, I think you're right. That's a powerhouse. Right I there. agree. All right. Yeah. I Sue on Facebook agree. says uh, they first uh, came to know Mark Twain. Uh, and asked him into their heart. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> About age eight, Huck Finn was their favorite. Uh, okay, yeah, Huck Finn. I mean, I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if that has anything to do with the movie. Yeah. Or y- here's the thing. I'm surprised Disney doesn't have a version of Huck Finn that they have to keep trapped in the vault. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There is. There's a Mickey Rooney, Tom Sawyer. There's a few other like, oh, yeah. old school versions. Um, got a lot. A lot of. I'm just going to pick a couple here. Oh. Uh, Deb also on Facebook says, uh, "As a child, Huck Finn, of course, was my first love. First in a book, then in a movie with Jodie Foster as Becky. Was it? Isn't it Becky with Tom Sawyer? 
Nothing so. I always confuse because they interact like mm. Huck, Tom and Huck are in all of those yeah. books. So it's very confusing. Uh, let's see. I think we had a couple others here that mentioned. Yeah. Huck Sharon says, uh, nope, that's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Sawyer, I guess, is uh, Tom Sawyer was taking the lead here for Tam. Yeah. Uh, Sharon says the first Mark Twain story that I remembered was the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. Yeah. And that's a short story as well, but that one I did not read. No, I haven't read that either. That's in his first collection. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so it's about a uh, it's about a gambler, basically. Okay. A gambler named Jim Smiley. Uh but yeah, it's that's from his that's from his first collection of uh of short stories, okay. uh, Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County and other sketches. Uh, in magazines and, and different things like that, but yeah, mm. I haven't read that one. I haven't read that one either. Okay. There was another. There's another one in here that I wanted to pull. That was one that I. Somebody said Big River. Big River. Mu- that's Becky exactly the says one. Big River the musical. Yeah. Now I'm not familiar with. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the cover of that a million times. And okay. I guess I sort of knew it was an adaptation of of Huck Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like a bluegrass adaptation. Um, which is, I mean, it won won Tony Awards for Best Musical, Best Book, Best Score. Okay. Uh, I don't see, I don't think it's one that's had a ton of revivals, um, Hmm. but popular in its day, and the soundtrack still circulates uh, pretty regularly. There was a 2003 revival um, that did did win a Tony Award. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Music Box. Miss Music Box on the stream has pointed out that Mary Kate and Ashley did The Prince and the Pauper. It's called It Takes Two. It Takes Two. Oh. It's an adaptation of Prince and a Popper. Do they switch places in It Takes Two? Don't they switch places in all their movies? <laughs> I didn't think they switched their places. Mm-hmm. I thought that was more like a... I don't think that is a true Prince and the Popper. I think that's more a take on a parent trap. But yeah. I don't want to get... But is it a parent trap kind of Prince and the Popper? No. Well, no, I mean, Because they're yeah. both like on the same level. Right. Prince and the Popper switch places totally. Uh-huh. One lives as a prince who was formerly a pauper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yes. think that's the, I don't think that's the case and it takes two. Great movie. I love Steve Gutenberg. So thank you Miss Music Box for that. Um Is that Gutenberg? Yeah, it's Gutenberg. Okay. Gutenberg and uh, Kirstie Alley. Oh, post, nice. Post Cheers Kirstie Alley. Uh post Star Trek The Wrath of Khan Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Post uh, <laughs> Star Trek Search for Spock Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> he's, he's not in it. He's not in it. But that was directed by Leonard Nimoy who also directed Three Men and a Baby With Steve starring Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> so we did it. Uh, Tom Sawyer is the one that I read as an adult. Okay. And here's why I think... I read Huck Finn as an adult. Well, look at that. Yeah. Here's why I think that those have such staying power and why they were such a hit in the beginning. I think when you look at other other things that were geared towards children around Mm -hmm. that time, you have... You know, you look at like Peter Pan... So okay. like Peter Pan's kind of rascally, you know, sure. the darling kids are all like buttoned up and oh, Peter, you know, and even like Lion, the Wish in the Wardrobe, they're right. all very like proper, well-behaved kids. Right. And even like Peter Pan's sort of rough around the edges. Wendy's always trying to like mother him and all that sort of thing. Right. Sure. But I think like Tom and Huck are both mm-hmm. just unapologetically like Latchkey kids, bad yeah. kids yeah. who are just like going to get into trouble, who yeah. are just disappointing people that care about yeah. them and just don't care. They yeah. just could do whatever they want, you know? And I think probably at the time that was particularly refreshing. And I think, you know, be- because of that, they've just always kind of held this place of being mm-hmm. like the original, like rascally kind of character. They're the original so. little rascals. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Tom. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oliver. <laughs> Peter, Peter Pan, I guess. Yeah. Throwing Peter Pan. <laughs> Oliver's another case, though, because Oliver, again, was such a he's, nice yeah, little prim, a nice, proper a kid little one, in a yeah. bad situation. And yeah. I think that was the norm. So to have mm-hmm. protagonists be children right. 
with the novel aimed towards like kids and young adults mm-hmm. and have them just be like bad seeds, right. I think is, you know, kind of revolutionary yeah. at the time. And it's the reason why they've stuck around so long. I also like the Tom Sawyer bit in Futurama. When they're remember. going in the books, the giant brains are there and they're oh. chasing Fry through the books and they go to Tom Sawyer and the big brain is painting the white fence and he's like, Tom, <laughs> yeah. this is not as fun as you in- initially <laughs> said it would be. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. Yeah. I I like Tom Sawyer. I think that like, I w- that was one where it was kind of, it ebbs and flows, you know, mm-hmm. like when he's, when he's out doing stuff, when he's like right. tricking the kids into painting the fence, which he does so expertly. Right. You know, the, the stuck in the caverns which in the in the <laughs> in the illustrated classic it's a much shorter scene uh-huh. whereas in the like the full length novel they're in there they go like five miles under those things no, thank you they're lost for five miles under for days in that thing it isn't like scary the, times what part of the deepest ocean just like seven miles no not down oh they're just in a cavern system and they walk okay. for like the equivalent oh of it's a twenty thousand leagues under the seas being distant yeah, kind just, of thing <laughs> yeah they're not burrowing straight <laughs> down to the center of the earth <laughs> no 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 okay uh but that being said Are you sure, I, was, tom? <laughs> I was bored with with tom sawyer like okay. in, in the more boring parts right where yeah. where he's just kind of like living his life and following mm-hmm. the rules it's like yeah. well okay but can't you go like yeah. throw a stone through a window or something <laughs> so <laughs> so you want like you're more dennis the menace I guess, you, yeah. you think <laughs> give me a dennis the menace. you think there's a through line where yeah. you get from tom sawyer to dennis to the menace dennis, dennis the, the menace. menace is the tom sawyer for yeah. today absolutely i think you got it i think <laughs> you got today's it one. kids uh let me ask you this sure uh you've so you you've you have experience with mark twain pretty much your whole life i guess yeah and lately you've i'm gone sure there was stuff in muppet babies you've re- definitely you've revisited some of the short stories uh-huh. is this an author that you're going to continue to read like do you have any interest to read more i think there's a part of me that's always been like i should read a yankee connecticut yankee, a connecticut yankee yeah. and also prince of the popper so yeah. we'll see okay we'll see so you're not turned off no by his writing i'm just okay. i just from after listening to that huck finn i've just been like i can't do it yeah again. But yeah, well, I think there's no way to get around like a dated style. Yeah. And, and while I think most Maybe of the, most of the dialogue the and most of the uh, most of the turn of phrase, I think really, yeah. you know, still still feel fresh and still feel cool. But it is still it, it's presented <laughs> in a way that is, you know, dated. I don't yeah. think there's really any way around that. So, you know, if that's if you're cool with that, then I think, yeah, yeah. you know, daddy. What's what's cooler than what's colder than cool? Why? Ice ice cold. Ice like vanilla like ice. Vanilla ice has Mark Twain <laughs> as a Mark ridiculous Twain. six. All right, uh, uh, apart. I think I would still like to read Huck Finn okay. after Tom Sawyer. I was gonna just turn right around yeah. and get the audiobook for Huck Finn, but I yeah. I needed a break. I would not suggest listening to it. Right, that's it's, right. It's just long. That's it's right. just it gets you just start to fall asleep when somebody's reading something from the 1800s. Yeah, it's hard not to. But if you can read it on your own, probably yeah. a better time. That's true. That's true. Well, I think that it's also it's easier to. Uh, it's easier to roll with what's going on when yeah. you're when you're reading it versus an audiobook where you're hearing like every mm-hmm. single word audible. Yeah. You can't you can't just kind of power yep. through. So yeah, that's that's a good thought. That's a good thought. Well, thanks to all of our listeners who sent feedback. Sorry we didn't get to everybody, but we always appreciate when you send feedback. Yeah, we do. Which you can do at David A. Howe Public Library on Facebook. All the books show on Twitter. You can send us an email at what's the all the books email? Allthebookshow at gmail.com? Yeah. Okay. And, of course, you can rate and review on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcast. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, you can share with all your friends. And you can come see Mike Randall as Mark Twain here at the David A. Howe Public Library on Friday, September 6th. Any other library news you want to share? No. Okay. <laughs>
bold choice. Batman. It's a bold. That's true. Batman, Batman Day. Batman Day is coming up. So that is yeah. September 21st. We have a few events planned for that weekend. So the first, we're doing our very first graphic novel book club where we're going to be discussing Frank Miller's Batman Year One. And then we're showing the animated adaptation of Batman Year One. The very next day on September 21st, which is Batman Day. Batman Day. Yeah. Doing a 3 o'clock matinee showing of that on the 21st. And you can join us for the book club. We'll have lots of yeah. copies available here at the library. Yeah. The other book clubs are currently reading like Water for Chocolates. Oh. That is our Around the World book club focusing mm-hmm. on authors from Mexico. Mm-hmm. The meaning for that is October 1st. And we're doing a special Band Books book club on September 26th where we're reading The Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. I have never read The Catcher in the Rye. Me either. So I'm excited about doing that. I hope you'll join us for that. We'll have uh, that's also History Week. You should do a so we'll have band a book week where you read books about bands. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Or a van books week where we only read books that take place s- in vans. Take place with a van as a central part. Okay. Yeah. Do you like, like Mr. That Mercedes? Idea? No, I don't think that's what? more. That's a Mercedes. What's the ice cream one? The ice cream one? Yeah. The ice cream. The guy's an ice cream truck driver. Oh He's yeah. Killer. Finders Keepers, I yeah, think. Yeah, Finders Keepers. Yeah. I love Finders Keepers. Yeah, I'd happily yeah. read Christine? that. Christine? Yeah, that's... Christine's that's, not a van. Again, not a van, but I guess car. Car <laughs> you could stick with, and I think that'd be easier. So it's a car car book week. We've got <laughs> some... Uh, do, you, do you have any plans for next week's episode? Do you know what we're going to talk about next week? No. Okay. Oh. So we'll see. But yeah, it's a mystery. We do, we do have an author interview coming up with Ooh. comic book legend Steve Englehart. We're going to be talking... Mostly about Batman because yeah. of Batman Day, but I'm going to get some yeah, Green Bat- Lantern questions yeah, in there as well. So there. send us any questions you have for Steve Englehart to the address that <laughs> we mentioned. All the book show on Twitter, all the book show yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.